one. And just like your forefathers came out of Egypt, this one will come out of Egypt also. On top of that, he's not done. He says, then, then when Herod saw that he had been tricked or outwitted by the Magi, he became very enraged and he sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem in all its vicinity from two years old and under according to the time which was carefully determined by the Magi. Here's the dark side of Christmas. He's the great eliminator, the great eliminator. But, and, and we learned this about Herod. He'll use the scriptures to harm people. He'll use other people to harm people, and now he'll exaggerate. He didn't just do Bethlehem, did he? He did the vicinity around Bethlehem. He didn't do just babies. No, he went up to the age of two. He, he exaggerated his claim because he wanted to make sure that this child would not live, would not live. It would make them think back to the Exodus because what did that other evil king do? Pharaoh, he slaughtered all the male children, but there was one that was saved. Do you know his name? Moses. Moses was put in that basket and put among the reeds, and Moses would grow up, and Moses would be the great deliverer that would take the people out of Egypt and take them to the promised land. And what Matthew is hoping that his readers connect with is to say there's another Moses who has come, a better Moses. This Moses named Jesus is the great deliverer. And you're already in the promised land. So this deliverer will take you to the eternal promised land. He goes on to finish it this way. Then what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled saying. So now he, he refers back to him. And what he's going to do here is he's going to go from the exodus, which was a major event in their history, to now another major event was the exile. The exile. There was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. And God told that they were, both, they were all unfaithful to his covenant. And God said, if you don't follow my ways, I'm actually going to have the enemy come in and take you away from your land. And they were unfaithful. And that's exactly what happened. So it says, a voice was heard in Ramah. Ramah is a city that's about five miles north of Jerusalem. And it's a border town. It's in the, on the border in between the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And he says, weeping in, there is weeping and great mourning. He wants them to connect that there's weeping and great mourning in Bethlehem right now. Well, there was weeping and great mourning before. And then he says, Rachel weeping for her children. He picks out Rachel. Rachel is uh, the wife of Jacob. They have two sons uh, between them. Joseph and Benjamin. Benjamin, there's a tribe, tribe of Benjamin. It's in the southern kingdom. Joseph doesn't have a tribe, but he has two sons, and they have tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim, and they're in the northern kingdom. So he picks out this one named Rachel and says she represents all the Jewish mothers who are mourning for all those who have been taken away in this exile. They've been taken completely away in this exile, and so they're mourning. Now what's doubly interesting is that Rachel when she died guess where she was buried in Bethlehem in Bethlehem so Rachel representing all the Jewish mothers who are weeping at this time because their children were taken away their children were slaughtered well there was another time that that happened 
And it, it ends with, and she was refusing to be comforted because they were no more. Now, but if you were a good Jewish man or a good Jewish woman, you would have known that that wasn't the end of the story. Matthew just gives you that first verse, or that first verse in that section. He doesn't give you 16 and 17. Because after he talks about the morning, it says, Thus says God, restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work will be rewarded, declares God. They will return from the land of their enemy, and there is hope for your future. There's hope for your future, declares God. And your children will return to their own territory. And they, would, they experienced that. There were those that came home and came back from the exile. Matthew is just trying to make them make a connection. There's great mourning at this time. But there's a hope for the future who has come. And his name is Jesus. I want you to make a connection tonight. We've tried to make a lot of connections in these, in these verses that we've read. Um, we've talked about the nations and how Jesus' genealogy shows the nations are included in his genealogy. And then Matthew ended with, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. nations. And then, then he, he did this whole thing about saying his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then he ends his thing, his gospel saying, and lo, he will be with you always, always. Then when the Magi came into town, all of Jerusalem was stirred over this claim, him born king of the Jews. And then, and then we get to the end of Jesus' life, Palm Sunday, he's riding in on a donkey, and all of Jerusalem is stirred saying, who is this man? And now this passage, that there's a violent act at the very start of his gospel, the dark side of Christmas. But he'll end his gospel, how? Talking about another violent, violent act that will happen to him. Tonight, I want you to make a connection. You're, you're not here by chance tonight in this place. I want you to make a connection tonight that your eyes would be opened by God, that you would have faith that the one that we look at in the manger, the one that's laid in a manger, is the same one that's laid upon a cross 32, 33 years later. And he's laid upon that cross so that he could forgive you of your sins. He was the sinless one. And he came so that we might have redemption. And we might be able to stand before a holy God. We can't do that on our own. It is only because of Him. And the one that was laid in the manger, laid upon a cross, was also the one that was laid in a tomb. And when He was laid in the tomb, the one that was laid in the tomb had told them over and over again, I will not stay here. For in how many days? Three days I will rise again. And the one that was laid in a manger, laid on a cross, laid in a tomb, rose on the third day, and he was with his disciples for about 40 days. And then he ascended into heaven to be at the right hand of the Father. But he also told his disciples, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And I would hope tonight that you would make a connection that the one laid in the manger that we're singing about a lot tonight, which is great, is the Savior of the world. And I pray your eyes would be open 
that He is your Savior. He came for you. That you might be forgiven of your sins. That you might stand before a holy God and provided for. So, he, he this illustration that he, he's the light of the world. He's the light of the world, but he came that we might shed his light to the world. And so as you light your candle tonight, I want you to I want you to think of that. I want you to think of yourself, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, being a representative of him, a representative of him. So ushers are going to help me.
you go back to that first slide, would you stand with us? And can we cut the rest of the lights? Yeah, thank you, Aaron. Just a cappella. Maybe the violin in there. If you can see. If the violin can see. Silent night. singing one verse of joy to the world we're going to just keep right on singing it but we would like you to join in with singing joy to the world before you depart um, feel free to extinguish your your candles at this time <laughs> 